You're listening to the Poema Church Podcast. Thanks for joining us. We hope that this message encourages you, challenges you, and inspires you to see God in a real way. For more information about Poema Church, visit poemachurch.ca. Enjoy the message. Good morning, everybody. There's a bit of like a party in here. Am I right? I was like, they're in the middle of worship. I heard people just like talking and hanging. I like it. I like it. Welcome. My name's Rachel. I'm one of the pastors here. And I just want to send an encouraging hello from Poema Orlando. They're having service right now as we speak. And uh, last weekend... um, they haven't started yet officially. They're meeting weekly in uh, pastor's house. And last weekend, they had like 35 people there at their gathering. So, yeah, they're having an awesome time and getting involved with tons of communities and churches. And uh, it's all good news. God's moving. So continue to keep them in your prayers Um, We're in a series called Great Expectations, and Pastor Matt last week talked about faith and expectations and how they're two different things. And uh, he talked about how ultimately, unless we trust God, we really, we're like a one-wing plane, okay? We've got our faith that maybe one day, miraculously, I know God could do a miracle, but it's never going to happen to me. And so we never quite get where we feel like God's showing us we're going to be. Okay, so we talked about that. This week, I'm going to break it down a little bit. I'm going to get a little bit practical because, hello, that's how I am. Have you ever heard the saying, insanity is just doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result? This week in the office, we were having a chat about some stuff that's coming up and somebody like suggested, hey, what if we did this? Like we've never done it before, but I feel like, and uh, I launched into all the reasons why that was never going to work and that was a dumb idea and all of this stuff, which I repented for and backed down and realized, dang. We don't like change. We don't like changing. We don't like doing something different. We like what we do and what we've always done, and we like to keep doing what we've always done. The problem with that is as Christians, as followers of Jesus, it is our calling to grow. It is a requirement to mature. And maturing in Jesus is a fancy way of saying you got to change. You got to change. Daily, weekly, monthly. If we are not growing and maturing, we are not really following Jesus. Some of us are going backwards and we're looking less and less like Jesus. Why? Because we keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over again, and expecting that magically God's going to come down from heaven and just change everything one day. But that's just not true. 
Now, let me explain this. Faith is the substance of everything you and I believe, okay? It's like the foundation, okay? But there's another side of faith, and it's called work. Scripture says faith without work is useless, so if I believe all of these things and I, I, you know, I have faith in God, but I never actually work, I'm never going to expect results. Because, let me tell you this, if you never expect anything to happen in your life, it's because you know you're not doing the work. You know, when I actively pursue getting healthy and I go to the gym and I do my work, I expect results. Period. Many of us don't expect anything from God because we know deep down inside of us, we're not doing the work. And there's this like twisted doctrine, this thinking. I won't say, you guys don't know. Some of you don't know what doctrine means. There's this messed up thinking that says that everything God does is in spite of me. Okay? Everything in my life, anything that God's going to do, it's in spite of me. Listen to me. Salvation happens in spite of you. Yes, you did nothing to earn it. You did nothing to deserve it. Salvation is a gift given to you from God through Jesus. Okay? Then there's scripture that says, pick up your cross daily. Follow me. Die to yourself. Lay your life down for one another. The things that you don't want to do, do them. There is work that is required of us in this thing called following Jesus, okay? Blessings don't happen in spite of you. Results don't happen in spite of you. They happen because of you, because you are doing the work. Now, some of you are like, well, what is the work? What am I talking about? I want to talk to you about this. Colossians 1.9 says this. This is Paul speaking. He says, be assured that from the first day we heard of you, he's, okay, he's talking to you. He's talking to me. He's talking to the church. He says, we haven't stopped praying for you, asking God to give you wise minds and spirits attuned to his will. And so... As a result, acquire a thorough understanding of the ways in which God works. We pray that as you live well for the master, making him proud of you as you work hard in his orchard. As you learn more and more how God works, you will learn how to do your work wait a second, we have work to do? I thought this whole thing was free. 
You know, there's a lot of Christians walking around expecting the inheritance and the sonship of being a child God, of God and putting literally zero effort into their relationship with him. You know it doesn't work that way, right? It doesn't work that way. If we want to take part in what God has for us, we got to do the work. This says here, if you continue... It says, we pray that you'll have the strength to stick it out over the long haul. Not the grim strength of gritting your teeth, but the glory strength that God gives. It is strength that endures the unendurable and spills over into joy, thanking the Father who makes us strong enough to take part in everything bright and beautiful he has for us. So here's what the work is. The work is is our relationship with him. Scripture tells us right here, as you learn more and more about how God works, you will learn more and more about what you're supposed to do. So some of us come from the other side of the spectrum where maybe we're not magically waiting for everything to change one day and sitting there passively, but maybe some of us are out there trying to make everything happen for ourselves. And we're like, I just got to work. I got to work. I got to work. I got to try harder. I got to be better. I got to do this and I got to do that. But the reality is works without faith is also dead. All you're doing is working, working for you. Okay. Neither one of them is the plan of God for your life. The plan of God for your and my life is that we do the spiritual work of our relationship with him, of getting to know him, of doing the simple things like reading our Bibles, like listening when he's speaking, like praying, like being a part of his family. He requires us like any other, name me a relationship that works without work. They don't exist. But we get into this relationship with God and think, well, I should just be able to do whatever I want and this should work because he's God and anything good's going to happen no matter what I do. No, no, no. It doesn't work that way. We have work to do. We have growing up to do. We have maturing to do. We have changing to do. Because if you and I just keep living another year and another year and another year exactly the way that we are, I promise you nothing new is going to happen. I promise you that that means that you're a little bit insane. It's no different. You keep eating that pizza. You keep eating it and eating it and eating it. And one day I'm going to wake up and my body's going to be different. You're nuts. People would look at you and just say, she's crazy. Right? But why do we do that with God? We think we can coast, check out, live however we want, ignore him. And that he's just doing the work. No. <laughs> he's not working if you're not working. I promise you that. Here's what the scripture says. 
Be faithful with the little bit that I've given you and I'll give you more. So for many of us, the work is just simply being obedient. What are you not listening to him right now in this moment? Because I promise you, if you won't listen to him when it comes to what you eat, what you're watching, what you're doing with your money, the way you're treating your spouse, you can't expect that all of this other stuff is going to happen. He wants us to do the work where we are right now, to obey where we are right now. Because here's what happens. If I'm obedient and I'm faithful with where I'm at right now, like managing my own self, my own body, my own mind, I get that going. Then I start managing the way that I treat my children, my spouse, and I'm listening to the Holy Spirit and I'm being obedient. And then he gives me a family dinner connect group. And then I'm obedient with my conversations with those people in the way that I'm loving them. And then he moves me on and I, I start becoming an influencer in my, in my job and in my sphere and my field. If you can't govern your own life right now and be obedient to the Holy Spirit at home when there's nobody else there, do not expect a move of God at your workplace. It ain't happening in spite of you. I'm telling you right now. Scripture says if you know the way God works, everything else will make sense. Paul prayed. He said, I pray that you would just learn the way that God works because everything in your life would just make so much more sense. And I know that this can seem like a mountain and it can seem like, well, where do I start? I want to talk to you a little bit more. Proverbs 10, 28 says this, the hopes of the righteous bring joy, but the expectation of the wicked will perish. And many of us look at that and go, well, I'm not wicked. That's a little bit much. I'm not a witch. I don't know. We have TV in our heads all the time. I don't know if you do. I do. Like, I'm not green, okay? Okay. Here's the reality. Here's what this scripture means. Transpose the word hope into expectations, okay? Because it's the same word. The expectations, the expectant waiting of the righteous is joyful in the moment, and it ends in joy. But the expectations of the wicked or the expectations outside of the will of God end in disappointment and frustration. That's what perish means. It doesn't mean like I died, okay? It means that hopes and expectations that are not in line with the will of God and the word of God will end in frustration and disappointment. But the promise is that the expectations of the righteous, which you and I are righteous because we follow Jesus, not because we're perfect. So our expectations should be joyful and fill us with joy at the beginning, in the middle, and the end. 
So why why do when many of us look at our future, we're like, uh, it doesn't look good. Can't see it. Man, I just don't expect. I'll tell you this. When you know in the core of who you are that you are not doing the work, you will never expect results. Because that's crazy. When you're full of fear and sarcasm and tearing everybody down and everything, you know deep down inside, why would I expect God to do amazing things in my life when I can't even make my own bed? And I don't mean literally. I mean simple spiritual things like just being a Christian, following Jesus, being obedient to the Spirit. Why would we expect amazing God, miraculous things to happen when we know deep down inside, I'm not doing the work. I'm not growing. I'm not allowing God into those areas that he's trying to mature, that he's trying to stretch, that he's trying to change. The hopes of the righteous bring joy. So if the more and more I know God, the more and more I look like him and I become like him, the more and more the things that I'm expecting and hoping for are lining up with the things that he has for my life, of course I'm going to have joy. Hey, I'm doing every possible thing I can. I'm loving people. I'm loving Jesus. I'm following him. I'm listening to him. The rest is God's problem. That's freeing. I mean, that's a lifestyle. We don't live like that all the time. We know, man, I'm coddling this thing, and I don't want to give it up. God, I know I know you want me to do that. I know that I'm supposed to tithe. I'm not doing it. Why would you expect to be blessed? Why would you expect promotion when you know you're not doing the one thing that he's asked you to do already? See, expectations aren't magic. They don't just, man, at the end of this series, I'm going to be filled with so much expectation. Man, when I'm giving my all to loving people, to growing, I'm reading the word of God, I'm studying, I'm praying, I'm seeking him. When he tells me to give, I give. When he tells me don't go, I don't go. Man, I'm filled with so much joy and hope and expectancy because I'm doing the work. Boldness and faith and expectancy come when we are living obedient to the Spirit of God. Guilty people aren't expectant. People filled with shame are not expectant. And what ends up happening is because you know there's all these areas and there's this dark stuff, you actually live condemned. On the inside, you're like, man, I'm just not worthy. I'm not deserving. And you start to live in condemnation, which also is not the plan of God for your life. And so now you feel like you don't deserve anything good because you've been so bad. 
And the whole time, you have a choice. You and I have a choice to obey, to say yes, Jesus. To say no to the certain things that we know are killing us. Psalm 62 says, my soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. And God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times. Pour your heart out before him. God is a refuge for us. What are your expectations grounded in? Your accomplishments? Or lack thereof? What are you expecting? Because people take it out of context all the time, the scripture that says, if you would just ask and seek and knock, whatever you ask for will be yours. If you ask it in Jesus' name, there's like another part of that that is as long as it's in the will of God. So how do you and I start expecting things in the will of God? How do you and I get our expectations from him? Because those are the expectations that we see come to pass. We have to be getting to know him. It's very simple. Faith allowed us to have a relationship with him. Work is us working at our relationship with him. The result is transformation, growth, spiritual maturity, and more promotion, more blessing, and more things for you and I. And we get every day, we get closer and closer and closer to looking more like him because we're getting closer and closer to him. It's not really a mystery. It's very fundamental. It's going back to the basics of what I'm believing for has to line up with what he sees and what he wants in order for it to actually happen. That, that faith, that substance of impossibility, if he said it, he's going to do it. Right? So what I want to do is I want to start saying and thinking the things that he's saying, not what I'm thinking or what I'm saying, because that is what ends in frustration and disappointment. The expectations of people who are not expecting things that actually God wants for their life. You don't see yourself as wicked, but every time, I need more money, I need more money, I need a better job, I need a better this, I need a better that, I need a better this, and you go on and on and on and on, and you leave God out of that decision you're the one on the wicked side of that scripture. When you leave him out, you're on the wicked side. You're not wicked and evil like Halloween. I'm not talking about that. But you're living, fighting what God is trying to do in your life. Because if you're not for him, you're what? Against him. There's no like neutral ground in this. You're either working with him or you're working against him and you don't even know it half the time.
And that's not what he has for you. That's not what he has for me. This Colossians says that he has bright and beautiful things for us to do. Ephesians 2.10 says you're a masterpiece that he actually created to do the what? The works that he had planned for you from before you even got here. You and I have work to do, but it's not beating ourselves in the back over and over again to be better and be more perfect and be more this or that striving where I got to get there and I got to accomplish and I got to know. The work is knowing him. That's our responsibility. We don't know him in spite of us. We don't know him in spite of how we live. We don't know him just like I don't magically have a relationship with him in spite of the fact that I never call him, text him, see him, date him, love him, hug him. Like relationships don't work that way. But when we have this faith idea, this pie in the sky that the big guy up there is just handling all of it and that gives me my free pass to just do whatever I need to do and then we end up disappointed frustrated, feeling like God failed us, God left us, God forgot about us. And meanwhile, he's like, no, you forgot about me. You failed to do your job, which is not that complicated. Know me, love me, seek me. Above all else, put my kingdom first one day at a time. There's this rule in navigation. It's called the one in 60 rule. And it's super interesting. So the way that it works is if an airplane navigation system is off by one degree, that plane will end up 60 miles off course. And that rule continues. So if you're off by two degrees, you're 120 miles off course. Three degrees, 180 miles off course. So I don't want to look at that from the negative side because I think we can all see how quickly we can get off course when it seems like, oh, it's just a little thing. And then you end up in, like, China, and you're like, how did I get here? <laughs> well, see, you didn't do the little thing that happened way back here in this moment. But I, I, and I want us to see that, but I want us to see this. What would happen if you just started listening by, like, 1% more? What would happen if you just started obeying 1% more? What would happen if you just started moving towards change by one degree? Like I said before, so many of us see this as a mountain that's in front of us. We don't even know where to start. We don't even know where to start. And I'm telling you today, I'm challenging you and I'm asking you for one degree. One degree. Pick one thing that you know you're not doing right. One thing that you know you haven't been listening. One thing that you know you've been holding on to and he's been trying to like heal you with that thing. Whatever it is, everybody has their own stuff. But the reality is, is that it doesn't take much 
to start to see different results in our lives. We just got to change what we're doing. Apparently by one degree. See, God's, God's not like a tyrant. He's not asking you to like quit everything and never watch TV again and read your Bible 40 hours a week. And he's not asking for that. He's just asking for like the one little thing that you do know. The one little thing that he is putting his finger on. Just be obedient. And then let me project this. What would happen since we are a body and a family if each and every one of us was just looking one degree more like Jesus? Maybe as a whole, when we're out in our world, we would be so much closer to him. People loved him. They felt more like themselves around Jesus than anybody else. They flocked to him. They poured out their life, their life's worth. They gave up everything to follow him. None of us are having that reaction. And it's simple. We just got to keep taking one more step, looking a little bit more like him, sounding a little more like him, loving a little bit more like him. And over time, one degree at a time, we end up completely different than we were before. I really am believing for this series. This is not about like getting you hyped. This will always be about Jesus. This will always be about knowing him. Everything we ever talk about and everything we ever do is always gonna go back to this fundamental thing. If we're not doing the work of our relationship. And many of us know, you know what the cool thing about that is? Is when you're working in your relationship with someone you love, it doesn't feel like work. It feels like life. It's life that we text each other. It's life that we tell each other about what's going on. It's life that we hang out. I don't feel like I'm punching a clock and going to work. But if you boiled it down, it's effort. It's time, it's communication, it's consideration, it's love. Many of us, we just got to get going. We got to get back to what that relationship is really all about. And it's one degree at a time. Everything in your life is not going to change this year. It's not. And if it did, we would all probably not even know what to do with ourselves. There's a pace. There's a rhythm to this. And it's one day at a time, one step at a time, one degree at a time. And over time, we grow, we mature, we change, we look more like Jesus. And then we're living a life filled with joy because we know we're following him. We're doing the things he's asked us to do. 
and we have an assurance within us that because of that, he's going to take care of us. Let's close our eyes. I want us to pray together today. God, I thank you that you don't crush us with expectations, but that your word says that, God, you actually give us strength to be able to do the things that you're asking us to do. And so right now in this moment, I want each and every one of us to think of one thing. Holy Spirit, just bring up that one degree in each and every one of us right now where we know we're not doing the work, where we know that we're maybe hiding or we're not listening, we're not being obedient. And right now, today, God, in this moment, we give it to you. We surrender it. God, forgive us for thinking that we can just expect everything from you and not do our part in the little things that you're asking us to do. So today, right now, this one thing, this one degree, we make a choice. We say, God, be with us here, right here in this moment. Give us the strength. Give us the will to do and to obey whatever it is that you're asking of us. God, we know that there's people in our lives that are waiting to meet you. But God, we don't expect to gather a harvest that we're not working for. We don't expect to be poured out when we're not being laborers. So right now we take up our role. We take up our cross. We take up our responsibility to know you, to love you, to seek you, to pursue you with everything that we have. And I thank you that as a result, we are going to see such transformation in our own lives, in this church, in this city, not because you magically showed up one day, but because you're faithful and we want to be faithful. God, right now we focus our expectation on who we know you are, not what we don't know about our future. We thank you that you're patient with us. Holy Spirit, remind us of this one thing, this one degree in our lives to bring you glory and to let everyone know how good you are. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us. We hope that this message encourages you, challenges you, and inspires you to see God in a real way. For more information about Poema Church, visit poemachurch.ca.